0: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Who Gives a Dram? Almost said Who Gives a Damn. Um Almost said Who Gives a Bollocks. Because um, I watched uh Tommy Fury versus Jake Paul yesterday, and the Furies are the most some of the most British people I've ever seen. It's pretty ridiculous how British the Furies are. Especially Tyson. Tyson is a British gypsy through and through. Um, Thank you for joining us today on this 111th episode of Who Gives a Dram? It's actually kind of a bit more than that because there are some unnumbered episodes. But this is 111, and I uh, thank you guys for joining. If you're new to the show, I appreciate you checking me out. Um, If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, and if you're a returning listener, as always, I appreciate you. Um, I was, again, thinking about what what bourbon am I going to review today? What whiskey am I going to review today? Um, I have March coming up. So, uh, by the way, I'm recording this at 8.45 at night, and I'm just getting through a... uh, a really brutal deadlift workout on Saturday and took Sunday off. And now today I did a heavy ish squat workout and no belt. And I am, I'm, I'm feeling it. So I'm a bit tired, but I have some food in me, which is good. I made some rice and ground beef, the ultimate single guy meal. Um, but anyways, I, um, I, I, uh, what was I saying, dude? What the hell was I saying? Oh, I was thinking about, well, I I know that um, March is coming up, so um, you know that's Irish whiskey month. So I got some Irish whiskeys, and I'm gonna I'm planning on reviewing this, this, uh, this this March, and some of them are brand new releases. I'm looking at a bottle of it right now. Some are old, some are gonna be random, some are not gonna be random, and we're gonna have fun in March. That's what's gonna that's gonna be March, but it's not March yet. So, with that being said. I wanted to do one more bourbon and I was like, what what whiskey am I going to do? Like I I I don't know which one. I it's I never like I always just kind of choose randomly, but like right before the episode, all right, this is the bourbon I'm going to talk about. I do a little bit of research beforehand so I don't sound like an absolute idiot. And I was going through my cabinet I'm like, wow, this uh Four Roses small batch select is um is pretty much gone. And then I was like, wait a second. Have I done this on the show before? and i was going through all my past episodes and i triple checked and come to find out i have never reviewed four roses small batch select i'm like 99% positive positive. Unless, unless i miss unless i overlooked it this could be the first double episode in who gives a dram history but um yeah we're going to we're going to uh, we're going to drink four roses small batch select tonight and we're going to we're going to taste it and we're going to review it so i'm going to pour it in the glass now i got my uh my bunahabin fancy glass today um because all my other glasses are dirty and this one was not so we're gonna drink it out of the fancy bunahabin glass straight from isla terrible real cork though and um as you can see this bottle is this is gonna be a bottle kill actually let's do it right here on the camera hopefully you're watching on youtube so make sure you're subscribed Oh yeah heavy pour a little bit of a little bit of cork cartilage in there. <laughs> oh yeah, there's definitely some cork cartilage in there. I might I just made that up. I don't even know if that's what you call the cork remnants. I'm calling it cork cartilage. So that's gone. We're gonna put that like this. Don't knock it over. All right, it's gonna knock over It's a lot of whiskey but uh, we're gonna drink all that and we're going to review it. And we're going to talk about Four Roses Small Batch Select a little bit later, but I'm going to let it air out for a bit, even though it's had plenty of time. I don't even know where I got this bottle, to be completely honest. Um, It may have came from... It may may have came from... I might have had this bottle for, like, well over a year. I think I got this a few years ago, actually, and I just... It's one of those... Four Roses Small Batch Select is one of those whiskeys that you really like it's really good but you don't think of it when it's time to drink something like i just don't think of four roses small batch select i'm not typically a high rye bourbon fan and um that's exactly what four roses is so uh we're we're going to talk a little bit more about four roses small batch select a little bit later in the show uh it is a busy show this week uh because i didn't re- I did a- we we so we reviewed George Dickel last week, and I didn't talk about anything else because I planned on releasing another show strictly for movies and and for fights, and I was gonna record another thing, but you. It, that's just not possible long-term. I can't do I can't do all that recording and uploading and stuff like that. So we're going to stick to our long-format storytelling absolute slobberknocker of a podcast where I'll break it down below if you want to hear certain parts of the show. Uh, click the show notes. Click the show description. You can see exactly what I'm talking about. And the first thing we're going to talk about, I should have pulled up the card before I even logged in here. I got Four Roses' website up. Is this weekend's Ultimate Fighting Championship card, and I am very excited for it. UFC two eighty five. John Jones making his triumphant return to the octagon after three years off, and facing off against one of the top contenders in the heavyweight division, Cyril Cerrilgon, for the world heavyweight championship. Um. This is a. Uh, this has been. The first must-buy pay-per-view for me since uh, the last Izzy fight, and uh, it's it's actually not a terrible card. We're gonna read off the uh, the main card here. So you got the the main the main event: John Jones versus Cyril The The uh, co-main event: Valentina Shevchenko versus Alexa Grasso. Now that's gonna be a that that's Valentina Shevchenko is by far the best women's fighter on the planet, and she's gonna run through Alexa Grasso. So it's gonna be fun to see that. Um, that's, it's going to be fun to see that before we get John Jones versus Yogan, Jeff Neal versus Shavkot. Rachmonov. Monov, I don't really know how to pronounce. He's from Kazakhstan. I don't know how to pronounce his name, but he's a stud, number 10 welterweight. Jeff Neal, number seven welterweight. Both studs. That should be an entertaining fight. Um, we have two guys. I don't know who they are. And then Bo Nickel is performing against Jamie Pickett to open up the card. Bo Nickel's an up and comer. Um, he's three and oh. And I want to say he's a contender series veteran, um, so that's that's a, uh, a good thing. And then Cody Garbrandt is headlining the prelims. Derek Brunson versus Dreykus Duplasis is uh, also on the prelims, which is a great two great fights. I love watching Cody Garbrandt get knocked out, and that's my um, prediction. Cody, Cody Garbrandt will get knocked out uh, for the uh, prelim main event but this is a great card if you're looking for something to do this saturday and you don't mind dropping a cool 85 bucks this is the weekend to do it it's going to be a lot of hype behind this card um we're just going to go right into the main event we're just going to break down the main event quickly um john jones Cyril gone john jones has a professional record of 26 and one he he technically lost a fight um I have to go back way far to see who he lost to by illegal elbow. It was a twelve to six elbow that he, um, that he lost by, and uh, he was beating up the guy pretty bad. Uh, right here, Hamill. Oh, it's Mark Hamill. Yeah, Matt Hamill. I'm sorry, Matt Hamill. He beat technically beat John Jones on December fifth, two thousand nineteen. By way of disqualification from a 12 to 6 elbow, which is if your elbow comes down this, like literally from 12 o'clock on a clock to 6 o'clock on a clock. That's uh, that's a 12 to 6 elbow. And that was in 2009. Since then, John Jones has beaten. uh, This is since 2009. He beat Brandon Vera, UFC veteran. He beat Ryan Bader, who is the current. Bellator heavyweight champion, he beat Shogun Rua, he beat uh, that he beat Shogun to win the belt, and then he beat Rampage Jackson, Leota Machida, Rashad Evans, Vitor Belfort when Vitor Belfort was TRT Vitor, like he was gassed up to the gills, Chael Sonnen, Alexander Gustafson, Glover Teixeira, Daniel Cormier, then he came back after a while, he fought Ovin St. Pru, then he... Um, Then he faced, then he had a few years off. He fought um, Alexander Gustafson in 2018. Then he fought, uh, uh, why can't I think, Anthony Smith, Anthony Lionheart Smith. Then he fought Thiago Santos. Then he fought Dominic Reyes in 2020, and he hasn't fought since then. John Jones is the greatest UFC performer of all time. He's the greatest fighter of all time, and uh, he is making his debut at the heavyweight division after reigning over the light heavyweight division for such a long time versus a formidable opponent, a guy in Cirogan. He just lost to uh, Francis Ngannou um, in Francis Ngannou's last UFC fight last year. And it wasn't a great performance from Cirogan. He got out-wrestled by a guy who doesn't know how to wrestle. Uh, Cirogan is 11-1, and five wins by knockout, three wins by submission. Um, He did beat Tai Tuovasa by KO in round three uh, in September of last year, which was a great fight, a great fight. Um, But Sirogan did win that. He beat Derek Lewis in 2021. He did beat Alexander Volkov, who uh, nicknamed Drago. Great nickname. Um, He beat uh, Rosenstruck, Jarzino Rosenstruck, who kind of like is a gatekeeper in the UFC heavyweight division. Uh, he did beat Junior Dos Santos back in 2020 by uh, t- uh, by KO, I'm sorry. Um, and then he has some kind of no names on his record, but he has beaten legit opponents. His only loss is to Francis Nganu, and uh, he is known as more of a technical striker and a very A very good counter puncher and a very, again, technically, he's very sound in the striking. Um, Now, but we're going to go into predictions for the fight. Make no mistake, guys. And I don't know if you listen to this podcast and you enjoy, like, you you take my advice on betting. Because I don't bet on the fights. But if I was going to put money on one fighter this year to win in any realm, I'm very confident Israel Adesanya is going to beat Alex Pereira in their rematch coming up in a few months. I'm fairly confident Kamaru Usman will beat Leon Edwards in their rematch in the UK in a few weeks. And like I said even in this own in this own on this own card, I am pretty positive Cody Garbrandt is going to get knocked out again cuz that's all he does. But I am not I there is not a fighter I'm more confident in winning than John Jones beating Ciragón this weekend. Um, I like Ciragón, I think he's a great fighter, but John Jones. If you've seen his Instagram post lately, he's a he's he's a beefcake, and he's looking thick, and he's hip tossing people, he's hitting the pads. He's got heavyweight build to him now and he's given himself time to naturally get up to 245 255 whatever he's weighing now. And I mean he's got NFL brothers and his one of his brothers literally just won a Super Bowl um for the Kansas City Chiefs and I'll tell you what man. No chance John Jones loses this fight. I'm taking John Jones. It's not going to be a first or second or even third round. Siro Sirogan does have fairly good cardio. Uh, we'll see how John Jones fares in that department after being off for a few years. But my prediction is that John Jones will take him down in the fourth and fifth round and beat him up, and it's going to be a late fight stoppage by TKO. Um, mm, actually, no, I take that back. I'm not going to say TKO because Sirogan is talented in defending off his back, but what he's not talented with is. Dealing with a wrestler and submission artist to the likes of John Jones, I'm going to say John Jones by submission round five. Uh, round four being safe, but I, my heart says round five right now. Either way, a late fight submission by John Jones. I think he takes him down. He might get caught in rounds one and two, but I don't know if it's going to affect him that much. We'll see though. We'll see if if John Jones can can stack up in the heavyweight division. And if John Jones wins, as I think he's going to, it's it's all it's it's no holds barred in the heavyweight division give me stepe give me uh Ngannou if he, i mean i would hope ningano would come back and 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 basically unite the titles you know francis ningano is still going to say he's champion john jones is going to say he's champion let them fight like the guy from godzilla says and and give me that violence and give me that heavyweight matchup um stepe would be a fantastic fight Um, give me Curtis Blades. That'd be an entertaining fight. Um, I would love to see him versus the, uh, the guy from the UK there. What's his name? What's his name? What's his name? What's his name? He has a torn ACL right now, but he's still really good. He just UFC heavy weight rankings. Let's see who it is. Athlete rankings, UFC.com. Heavyweight. Heavyweight, heavyweight, heavyweight. Heavyweight. Tom Aspinall, give me Tom Aspinall, throw Tom Aspinall in there. Um Sergey uh Sergei Pavlovic, who just beat up um Derek Lewis recently. He beat him up bad too. Um and he beat up Tuavasa in round one. Yeah, just a few weeks ago, December. Uh so there's there's a lot of intriguing matchups for John Jones as he comes to UFC two eighty five. Um if he gets the win, but I'm very excited to watch it. And, um, that's my prediction round four or round five, um, submission win from John's bone, John bones Jones. So we've got that. Um, that's the only fight. uh, I mean, I did watch Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury and I put out a tweet that, you know, you got to respect Jake Paul in this instance. Yes. He lost the fight. I'm surprised any of the judges gave it to him. It was a split decision that Tommy Fury won. Um one of the judges did give I forgot what the exact score was, but they I think they gave Jake Paul like five rounds to three or something like that, which is kind of insane to me, but listen. A lot of people say Jake Paul's a Disney star, Jake Paul's a YouTuber, Jake Paul's this and that, whatever. And it doesn't matter where you come from. Jake Paul is is a is a legit good amateur boxer and um, I think if you put him in there against somebody who has experience then it's going to be tough for him as we saw with Tommy Fury and listen Tommy Fury is 23 years old so he's very young but he as a professional boxer did not look the best either so it's not like Tommy Fury is some stud professional boxer no Tommy Fury is a 23 year old Barely professional boxer in himself, it was a very fair matchup. It was a great matchup, and you know what? I am glad I paid fifty bucks for it. Badu Jack won the cruiserweight championship in the co-main event, and it to put on a really nice technical boxing match. It was a small eighteen-foot ring this time around, so people really couldn't bob and weave and run away. It was a lot of phone booth fighting, a lot of first-round knockouts on this card. And um, I I thoroughly enjoyed the co-main event. I thoroughly enjoyed the main event. I have a lot of respect for Jake Paul. I have a lot of respect for Tommy Fury. I would love to see a rematch or give me Jake Paul versus KSI. I could care less what Tommy Fury does next because he's not going to win any titles. But um, it is interesting to see what uh, Jake Paul is going to do. I wish he didn't make excuses right after the fight. He said... Not to make, I'm not going to make any excuses. I'm going to take, I'm going to take this one on the chin. But I was sick twice in this. But I hurt my arm in this. But yada yada yada. I, I think Jake Paul is taking this seriously, and I do think that he's a a talented athlete, and I do think that he's a talented amateur boxer. And I and I would be, you know, I he's a character, and he's very um, controversial, and he's very trailblazing, and I would love to see him again uh, perform. So that's my thoughts on that. Uh, Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury. And we do have some movie news that we got to get to. Oh, and I meant to talk about this at the top of the show. If you're listening to this show and you're a listener of mine, you know that I've had my logo for a while, the Circle logo with Who Gives a Dram established 2020 with the big whiskey glass in the middle. I made that myself on Canva. It took a really long time. Excuse me. Um That's that rice and uh, ground beef burp right there. But – um As of today, technically, Monday, February 27th, I unveiled my new logo. So go on Instagram, at Who Gives a Dram, check out my new logo. It's going to be on the podcast artwork. It's going to be on the YouTube soon. i got to change that up a little bit, but um, go check out my new logo. I really, really, really like it. Who Gives a Dram, it's still got the neon sign, old school bar sign look, which I love, Um At the top, I've got my uh, whiskey glass still, and I told the guy that I commissioned to do this for me, um, no ice. No ice in the glass, because I don't drink my whiskey with ice, even in a rocks glass. I want it neat, because he gave me a few drafts with ice, and I was just like, bro, no, I don't drink it with ice. Get the ice out of there. But the whiskey glass is in a a TV, because we talk whiskey and movies on this podcast, now I couldn't figure out a way to get fighting elements into the the logo here. So there's no fighting elements but the way I tie that in is off the M. The who gives a dram is no longer in a circle, it's in a square and a dram underneath who gives is a cursive and after, the the M has a little bit of a trail that comes off the end of it and off that trail is a super is a superhero who I have confirmed is based off Henry Cavill's Superman, the real Superman, flying upwards with his with his with his uh with his cape flapping and his fucking going faster like that, you know? And uh yeah, that's that's uh superheroes fight, you know, so we say that. But I, I you know most of the movies that we talk about are superhero movies. On this, I got four superhero movie things to talk about still, so or three. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I really, I hope you guys like the logos. I'm very happy with it, and I put it. I put out established 2020 because it's, it's not really prevalent to the show. I wanted to put with Connor Gilbert because it's my show, and um, I think it's important all of my favorite podcasts whether they're comedy podcasts movie podcasts well i shouldn't say all of them many of them have the host's name underneath it and i just thought that was cool like i i want you know it's it is just me it's a solo podcast i don't have a co-host so you know i can say with connor Gilbert with it like this past weekend with theo Vaughn congratulations with crystallia like those are my favorite some of my favorite podcasts and monday morning podcast with bill burr you know it's it's like they have the names of, of them in the logo. So I did the same thing. But the biggest thing is I wanted to incorporate more fighting and more movie, TV, superhero stuff, stuff that I like to talk about with keeping traditional whiskey in there because we are going to obviously continue to do whiskey reviews. Mm. Smells like bourbon. And um, we're going to continue to do our whiskey reviews and continue to highlight whiskey brands and talk about whiskey news and yada, yada, yada. Uh, but... Um, there's a lot of other topics that we talk about now. So that's, I'm very happy with that logo. I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, You know, let me know what you think of it. Reach out to me on Instagram or, you know, whatever. And, you know, let me know if you like it, if you dislike it, whatever, whatever it is. Um, So a few things, a few movie news here. I never, I never, I never truly reviewed Ant-Man 3 on this this podcast, and I'm not going to. You can go onto my TikTok at Who Gives the Dram and look at my initial theater thoughts right after I left, and that's kind of the same thought process that I have still. But what does make me happy is that Ant Man three is tracking, or maybe already is confirmed to have the worst second weekend drop off in superhero movie movie history with an opening weekend of a hundred million plus. I think the uh, original king of that stat was batman vs superman back in 2016 but now it's ant-man 3 Mania, ant-man and the wasp Mania, and it makes me happy because the movie is not good and i've actually been re-watching a lot of the older mcu movies so i watched iron man on saturday night um it was on tv i had it on tv like a, like i'm in 2009 i don't know why i was watching tv but i was watching tv iron man was on and i finished that and then i was like all right i'm gonna go back to 2023 i'm gonna go on to disney plus and i'm gonna put on iron man 2 and a lot of people don't like iron man 2 because mickey rourke is kind of a weird villain and he wants his bird and justin hammer is a is a nerd but what makes iron man 2 better than anything marvel has been putting out recently is the fact that it has a consistent story. It doesn't leave you like, oh, this is what you have to see next. Look at that. It teases you for things. It uses the post-credit scenes beautifully with you know Thor's hammer in the desert, um, and it has Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. Like that's one some of the best casting of all time. Robert Downey Jr. As, Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. It doesn't get much better than that. Um, so I I am going to rewatch Iron Man 3 shortly, but I did for the first time as well watch Captain America, The First Avenger. I've seen the movie in bits and pieces over the 10 years the movie's been out. I have never seen, watched it front to back in one sitting, and I did that on um, Sunday, I think. And man, did I love that movie. Man, do I love Steve Rogers. Man, is Chris Evans handsome. That's what I took took away from that movie. Um, And it's cool looking back now. You know everything that's going to happen. And you can appreciate the movie for what it is. It's not hype for the next one. You're appreciating exactly what the movie is. And that's why I do think that these earlier MCU movies, a lot of the time people hate on them. Iron Man 2, Iron Man 3, Thor, Thor the Dark World. People hate on Captain America, the first Avenger. You know All these movies and I, I can appreciate them for what they are now. And I think other people can too because it's not a big commercial for the next one, which is one of my main complaints about the MCU now is it's just a commercial for the next one. It's n- it's nothing but propaganda to get you to spend money on the toys on the Disney plus prescription to watch the TV shows and to the next movie. Um, and it's worked. I think it's I think Marvel needs to change it up, but it's worked for them for a while. Um, so, yeah, I was happy to see that Ant-Man 3 is having, having an abysmal second weekend, and I don't know if it's going to beat Ant-Man and the Wasp, Ant-Man 2, I don't know if it's going to be Ant-Man 2, So, but don't get me wrong, Kang was great, Kang, Kang was great, Jonathan Majors is one of the best working actors, and he's fantastic as Kang, they did him dirty in this movie, as they did MODOK, as they did Wasp, as they did most of the characters, especially um, Ant-Man's daughter's script or her dialogue was atrocious but one of the one of the positives that came out of Ant-Man 3 was there is huge potential as Jonathan Majors as Kang so we'll see we'll see that um this Wednesday so tomorrow by the time this uh, podcast comes out the Mandalorian season three comes out and I cannot tell you how excited I am especially with The Last of Us coming out now and you see um, Pedro Pascal in action, it just makes you want Din Djarin, it makes you want the Mandalorian, and season three being centered around, uh, Mandalore, the planet Mandalore, and the Darksaber, and, you know, Mandalorian, or Din Djarin, and Baby Yoda are back together, and they're gonna be, you know, it's gonna, I feel like this is gonna be the most condensed, like, overall story of the Mandalorian. So far, because season one was kind of like monster of the week, like oh, we're gonna beat this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. Uh, season two was a bit more drawn out in terms of an overarching storyline, but I really think because they're working with such a specific, what well, what I think will be a specific locations plot point here, with um, Mandalorian three, it will really expand Dinjarin as a character. Uh, hopefully, we'll get more on baby Yoda and hopefully we'll see him grow a bit. And um I really like Bo Katan and I like, you know, Sasha Banks character as Mandalorians. And the Mandalorians are just so cool with their armor and uh and everything of that nature. And it's Star Wars, man. As much as people hate Star Wars now, to have some new live action Star Wars content, it just feels right. Especially entering Irish Whiskey Month, we have The Mandalorian out, Last of Us is going to be ending, I still haven't watched season 7, or uh, episode 7, but uh, Pedro Pascal is the most popular guy on the planet, and he is a is a hunk, I will give him that, he is a hunk, he's a heartthrob. So The Mandalorian season 3 is starting on Wednesday, and we'll be uh, talking about that for the next 8 weeks or so, however many episodes there are, we'll, we'll do a short little recap of each, and uh, that will be fun to do, I have always loved The Mandalorian, so... Um, what's next on my list here? New Lord of the Rings movies in the work. Um, I heard this news that a contract was bought out or came to agreement with the J.R.R. Tolkien estate or in some, in some matter. And I don't know a lot of information on this. I just have... Listen. And this, by the way, this new Lord of the Rings movies are in the work. It's not like The Hobbit. It's It's like a it's it's not TV shows, it's not it's movies. I don't know if it's a trilogy. I don't know what it is and I don't really know what they would do. but I just so happen to have watched Lord of the Rings the Two Towers and The Return of the King on Netflix within the past like two weeks because they're on Netflix and listen, if they can do Lord of the Rings like they did in the early 2000s and bring over those exact movies but put them in today's production sets, Greatest movies of all time. Those storylines, that music, everything of that, bringing over to here. What I don't want is a remake. Do not remake that perfection. Don't, don't do it. If you remake that perfection, I will not watch it, and people will revolt. Because if there is a beloved trilogy between us nerds, I mean, you have the Batman trilogy, you have. Um, not the ant-man trilogy you have a lot of trilogies out there that are that are beloved by fans and especially nerd trilogies i can't think of any off the top of my head but the biggest one by far is lord of the rings it's like if you remade uh harry potter and just like recasted it and remade it because you got the contract and now it's like oh we're just gonna we're gonna remake this and this this i don't think harry potter is perfect but a lot of people think harry potter is a perfect seven movie series and um it would be cool to see like in Lord of the Rings these if if they make like a movie about um I can see them going a few routes it'd be cool if they made a movie about Aragorn Aragorn's reign as king after Return of the King that would be cool because there's a lot of things that happen in the books and in the folklore um that would be cool to uh expand upon it would also be cool if they did some like what if type movies like it that's a lot of movie to to uh it's a lot of budget to spend on a movie that doesn't even add to the canon uh but like if Gandalf took the ring and wanted power for himself like that would be an amazing concept um and there's other what if like what if um what if the ring was never destroyed, obviously that's one. What if, uh, you know, like, what if Legolas didn't kill that elephant in Return of the King? What if the ghosts never came and they had to fight in Return of the King? What if, um, you know, uh, what what if the orc in Two Towers didn't make a bomb and run into the wall and blow it up? Um, What if, there's a, there's a lot of what ifs I'm, I could get into it like listen I, I love I love Lord of the Rings and there, it's it's the greatest trilogy ever made and for my money I mean it, it's it's truly is a perfect trilogy um, I just don't want them to ruin it by by like I don't want them to ruin it by remaking it because everything gets remade now and we don't need that like you did the prequels with the Hobbit which made a shit ton of money but critically not accepted as good aka they were bad and the cgi sucked if you wanted to do sequels whether a sequel movie or two like depending on the the direction you go and the cast and the script it could be really good just don't please don't remake the fellowship trilogy just leave that be because in 2023 it still holds up and that's super impressive um Cocaine Bear is the number one movie in the world this week and that is incredibly awesome to me. I don't have a lot to say about this because I haven't seen Cocaine Bear yet. Um, I want to see it very soon. I, I might just wait for it to come on stream. It's only like an hour and 40 minutes so I could just walk down to my theater down the road from my apartment and just spend two hours and, and watch Cocaine Bear. But apparently it's hilarious. It's Ray Liotta's last movie. Rest in peace, Ray Liotta. Um, and uh, it's the number one movie in the world. I don't know. Let's look at how much money it made. Cocaine Bear opening weekend. Uh 23.1 million domestic. Uh Cocaine Bear has big opening weekend after made to go viral trailer rampages through social media. Yeah, trailer was awesome. Um The gonzo R-rated horror comedy Cocaine Bear sniffed up $23.1 in its opening weekend, according to Studio Estimates Sunday, while Marvel's Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania shrank unusually quickly in its second weekend. Um, No, I think Cocaine Bear is still number one. Cocaine Bear, scripted by Jimmy Warden and produced by Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, who does Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse managed to turn a bizarre true-life tale into a tongue-in-cheek box office. It's based on the real story of a 175-pound black bear who died in the Georgia mountains in 1985 after eating from a duffel bag of cocaine that had fallen from a smuggler's plane. The smuggler, a former Kentucky neuro- neurotics investigator, parachuted to his death in Tennessee. That's awesome. I really want to see Cocaine Bear. Um, it added $5.3 million overseas. Yeah, but but apparently it's the number one movie. They're saying if you include Canada, Ant-Man wins, but who includes Canada? Because, no offense, Daryl and Mike, but who includes Canada? Because it's not a real country. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I do want to see Cocaine Bear. And I saw a report speaking of bad movies in the MCU. There were early test screenings of uh, Aquaman 2 the lost kingdom and they they said and i quote i should have had these articles primed and ready to go went to test screenings so <laughs> this is from giant but this is what i heard and um And I heard it from viable sources, including some of my favorite movie podcasts. (laughs) A recent audience screening of Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom allegedly tested so poorly that viewers left the theater, which is an extremely bad sign for the future of the franchise. According to our trusted and proven sources, the version of the much-anticipated Joyce Momoa sequel was so disliked by the audience that some people could literally not finish it. It seems that the movie was immediately pulled back for reshoots, which we speculate might cause more delays in the already much rescheduled movie. And it's one of the only... So Aquaman 2 is supposedly going to maintain uh, uh, continuity within the James Gunn DC universe because the Flash is going to reset everything. Um, And I believe Jason Momoa is going to stay on as Aquaman. And he is Aquaman. Aquaman 1 was very good. So I do have hope that this movie will also be good. I don't, if, is James Wan directing it? Yeah, the first one grossed 1.149 billion in theaters. Um, There's been extensive reshoots. But apparently, the same thing was said about Rogue One, a Star Wars story that had extensive reshoots, and that is one of the best uh, Star Wars movies of all time. So, and it gave us the Darth Vader scene. Um, so, take it with a grain of salt. But I just think it's hilarious that you know there's so much, so many things going on with DC right now with James Gunn coming into the picture and, um, like the 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 the, the fight with the Zack Snyder fandom. And what's going on with Flash? Why is Ezra Miller not in jail? Why is he still the Flash? Why is Henry Cavill not coming back, which is my biggest gripe? Uh, who's Batman? Is it Robert Pattinson? Is it Michael Keaton? Is it Ben Affleck? Like, there's so many things going on that it's so confusing. And I, I do trust James Gunn that he will he, he will maintain order within the DCU universe in continuity. Uh, but it's just funny to me that Aquaman two is testing so bad that people are supposedly walking out, um, and I can't imagine they have Amber Heard in it either. That would really affect that would really affect performance as well because sh- she sucks. Um, but I just thought I wanted to comment on that because I think that's hilarious that Aquaman two has <laughs> people were walking out of the theater. I've never walked out of the theater in my entire life. Cause I'm cheap, and if I'm paying ten to fifteen dollars for a ticket, I'm staying there. I don't care if I got to be on my phone or fall asleep or sneak in a flask of whiskey. I'm staying there, and plus, it's a movie. Like it's gonna be like enthralling in some aspect. It's better than the world right now. We have balloons flying over us, getting all of our data, and Joe Biden doesn't want to shoot them down immediately. Wants to let. China, whoever take all of our data, even though they're they're already doing it with TikTok, and uh, who knows? That's a whole other topic. Um, but yeah, and I love Jason Momoa, uh, so I do. I still want to see Aquaman two, and I still will see it. But I just thought it was funny. Yeah, but the next movie that we're gonna be talking about on this podcast, and I, I do wish we talked about Ant Man three, so I could have roasted it, but we're not gonna. Uh, but this weekend, Creed three comes out, and um. I tell you, I'll tell you what, you guys. I want to see that movie so bad. I loved Creed 1. Creed 2 was very good. Not as good as Creed 1. Creed 3 has a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. It's Michael B. Jordan's directorial debut. And it also has Jonathan Majors in it. And they're both bodied up and handsome as shit. I can't wait to see Creed 3. That's going to be my TikTok clip. TikTok clip right there. <laughs> they're both bodied up. Handsome as shit, and it's the heavyweight champ. It's basically Rocky Three script. Like that's basically what it is. Is what it sounds like. And there's no Rocky in this one either. So I think this is going to be a very good movie. Um, I think Michael B. Jordan is great. I think Jonathan Majors is one of the best working actors out right now. And um, I'm excited to see the two uh, square off in the squared circle. A little bit of movie boxing it doesn't get better. Um, so yeah, we'll talk about Creed three next week, along with um, John Jones for Cyril Gone results. Uh, There's a little preview for next week's podcast, but let's get into uh, let's get into the whiskey review. We're 41 minutes in. We got about 20 minutes left at the most. So let's go right into a a review of a whiskey that I have finished the bottle, and it took me a while, but it, I do like this bottle, and it's a bottle kill. On the podcast, as you can see, no whiskey left. Uh, Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube, you guys. Um, If you're not already, um, helps me out, you know, gets me. I think I have like 160-something subscribers, which I think is good, but in the grand scheme of things, that's nothing. But I think it's cool that 160-something people have subscribed to me on YouTube um, and people actually watch my videos. Uh, It's pretty cool to me. But um, we're going to go right into this review because I am thirsty. It's 9... 22 at night. We're supposed to get a blizzard tomorrow, or like five or six inches of snow. I don't know the most snow we've gotten all winter. We're supposed to get tomorrow. I might have to work from home, which I'm not very happy about, but I'll do it. Um, and it's the last day of the month, which in sales, you if you're in sales, you know that that's either the easiest day of the month or the hardest day of the month. And your boy's not at quota, so probably the hardest day of the month. But regardless, we're here four roses small batch select let's read a little bit of the history four roses small batch select so four roses distillery in kentucky don't know where uh began with paul jones jr founder of four roses bourbon became smitten by the beauty of a southern bell It is said that he sent a proposal to her, and she replied if her answer were yes, she would wear a corsage of roses on her gown to the upcoming Grand Ball. This sounds like a Disney movie. I don't believe it. Paul Jones waited for her answer excitedly on that night of the Grand Ball when she arrived in her beautiful gown. Really playing this up. She wore a corsage of four red roses, and of course, this is where it comes from. He later named his bourbon Four Roses as a symbol of his devout passion for the lovely Belle a passion he thereafter transferred to making his beloved Four Roses bourbon they were divorced 3 years later cuz this guy sounds like a creep <laughs> um oh man i'm going to hell um he does make tasty bourbon though um yeah so basically um for the longest time, Jim Rutledge was the reta- master distiller. Now it's Brent Elliott, who has been master distiller since 2015. Um, Four Rose Distillery in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Warehouse facility in Cox's Creek, Kentucky. Um, been in production since 19- since 1888. Um, and uh, who were they? They were purchased by the Kieran Brewery Company in 2002 purchased the Four Roses bourbon brand trademark and production facilities. The new acquisition was named the Four Roses Distillery LLC. Shortly thereafter, Four Roses was once again sold in the United States and quickly earned the reputation of being one of the most notable names in the bourbon world, which they are. Four Roses is definitely like a top 5 bourbon name. Um that's a lots of history here and I've actually never been to Four Roses, but um they do make some tasty stuff. I I think I said it on the podcast, I really enjoy Four Roses Single Barrel, the 100 Proof, as a gifting bourbon because it it costs enough where you feel like you're spending some good coin on a gift. The bottle is fancy enough where a non-bourbon drinker would think, oh, this is a really nice bourbon and it's a really nice gift. It will look good on my counter or in my, in my alcohol cabinet. Um and a, a seasoned whiskey drinker knows it's good juice and knows that it's a solid bang-for-your-buck single-barrel bourbon at 100 Proof. So, I mean, I've always loved single-barrel. I like this Four Roses Small Batch. I think it's great. I use Four Roses Yellow Label as well. Like, I use it for my mixers and whiskey sours and stuff of that nature. Um, but this Small Batch Select, I remember when this came out, I think I saw it in 2020. It was on the shelf at a, a local... A local... um liquor store out this way and i was i remember texting kale and i was like dude i just found a hitter uh while while at the at the liquor store and he worked right across the street at the time and he came in and we both like wow four roses small batch select on the shelf full shelf little did we know that they that four roses in 2019 added four roses small batch select um to their to the four roses lineup saying four roses way too many times but uh, they added it to the core lineup in 2019. Um, and, and you know, this is a, a mingle of six of the Four Roses' ten bourbon recipes, each aged a minimum of six years to hand graft small batch select, non-chill filtered, and 104 proof. Our newest permanent product line extension offers truly unique flavor characters characteristics, 104 proof, 52% alcohol by volume. Um six recipes of four rows of small batch select it just gives its its OBSV OBSK OBSF OESV OESK OESF that is um the six yeast strains that they're using in this one um yeah for this new bourbon I selected three of our of our proprietary yeast strains VK and F and used both mash bills um it's a mingling of six and seven year old bourbon. Just said that, um, and then it gives it what we are supposed to taste in it. I think people can tell you like, oh, you're supposed to taste chocolate on this, and then if you really think about it, you're like, oh, there's chocolate on this. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna forego any of the whiskey tasting notes that they provide for us and see what we get. Accolades for small batch select. 2022, it won bronze at the at the World Whiskies Awards for Kentucky small batch bourbon. In 2021, it was very good, strong recommendation, 87 points at Ultimate Spirits Challenge. 2020, extraordinary, ultimate recommendation, 96 points at Ultimate Spirits competition. What happened there? It dropped eight nine points. That's not good. Finalist, 100 top 100 spirits ultimate spirits competition, silver in the world Whiskey awards and gold medal in the Denver International Spirits Competition, 2019 top 20 of 2019 number 3 in whiskey advocate, gold medal sunset international spirits competition. So it's got some accolades here. It's a fantastic bottle. This bottle again heavy glass, got a really cool etched in rose um or four roses on the bottle. This looks like the the basic the four roses logo looks like any basic guy who wants just a rose tattoo on his forearm just would get a four roses like th- that design and and but keep it like black and white to be mysterious. Um and they definitely also only they definitely they definitely also only wear white shoes all the time. Um, but all and light jeans, but also they only have crew cuts. They only have fades. They never have long hair. That's that's um that's what I think of when I think of a, a rose tattoo. I think of a guy who's like kind of in shape, like probably has like nice like forearms and arms and small legs though, and only wears light jeans with white shoes, um, and only has like my style haircut, except shorter on the front. Um, so that's why I think of Froze is not the best start because those guys are usually douchebags. Um, anyways, uh, let's get into it. Not going to talk about the color because who gives a shit. So this is, oh, and there is some cork cartilage still in here as well. Forgot about that. I like that cork cartilage. If your whiskey has cork cartilage in it, it's, it's, you know, it's going to be good. Let's put it that way. Uh, so this smells, it smells like wine to me like it smells very light doesn't smell like 104 proof it's got a nice dark like oak on it but it's also got some of that nice cherry that four roses imparts a lot of because of its high rye mash bills it's a bit spicy on the nose um again this has been open for so long people this this bourbon has been open for probably two years so uh oh, my Mac is about to sleep soon. I'm at 9%. We got to finish this bad boy up or the Mac's going to die. Uh Yeah. So, it's um it's smelling like 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 a like a, like a red wine like if someone said, oh, "Do you think this is finished?" I'd be like, "Yeah, it might be wine cask finished." But it does have a bit of a rye kind of like dryness to it as well. Um and it's definitely darker in its in its initial notes of like like a little bit of a dark oak in there, a little bit of a tobacco sweetness too. Not really overwhelming notes of vanilla or anything of that nature, but it's really like a lot of dark cherry, dark oak, uh, some of that tobacco is is thrown in there as like a as a background sweetness note to it. And then I'm, I do get now some like uh, some more fresh light fruit as well of like um, of like uh, apple and and pears a bit. It smells like a high rye whiskey. I will say that it does smell like a high rye whiskey. So, all right, I don't want my laptop to die as I do this review. So, um, we're just gonna drink it and see what we think. So, cheers, episode one eleven. Who gives a dram? Um, honestly, if you're still listening to this, you must really love me. Uh, let's drink whiskey. Mmm, that's good. For hours, a small batch select is, is sneaky, one of the best sipping bourbons around. Like, it's, it's high rye enough where it's, you feel the kick, but it's, it's, it's fragile enough or, or like light enough where, There's, you can tell there's other things going on. Like, I bet you four rows of small batch select is like, you give this to a novice, someone's getting into whiskey, and they're like, "Mm, this is very complex. This is a, that's what somebody who is just getting into whiskey would say about this. And that's also what I'm going to say about this. This is very complex. Uh, this is very big finish, um, especially for 104 proof, but it doesn't drink like an 104 proof. It does have a bit of a, a little bit of a subtleness to it. And, um, that oak really comes through. I mean, it is a marriage of six- and seven-year-old bourbon, so it's not the oldest, but I really think that probably the yeast strains has something to do with that, with, like, the the, the oak really marinating through the whiskey uh, more than usual, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, lots of oak on this. It really tastes like a more expensive bourbon, honestly. Like, it tastes like... And that wine is there too, like a red wine, like a like a grape um, cherryness comes through on this, and it's like really really intense, especially after the second sip. Um, still got the cork cartilage in there. I can't see what their tasting notes are, but I wanna I want to try. I don't want to try to guess. They're gonna say something along the lines of cherry. I know that for a fact. A facty fact. I know that for a facty fact that they're going to say something about cherry. Probably something about cinnamon and probably something about um oak. That's like the most basic tasting notes in the world. But this tastes like a, this tastes like somebody, okay, this is going to be very out there. This tastes like someone took Pappy Van Winkle, drank the whole bottle, refilled it with Buffalo Trace and was like, oh, this is actually Pappy Van Winkle. And part of you is like, mmm, this doesn't taste like an expensive bourbon, but the other part of it is like, mmm, it's in this bottle, so it must be expensive. This tastes like a, a phony. This tastes like an imposter bourbon. And I know this is not an imposter bourbon because I bought this sealed. And I think that's a compliment to Four Roses Small Batch Select, honestly, that this tastes like it's not supposed to taste as good as it does. Let's put it that way. Mm-mm. it's got really really hot tamale cinnamonness to it especially after giving it a swirly poo um or a swishy poo in my mouth i'm sorry and uh yeah this is this is this is good let's see what they have for tasting notes um nose raspberries clove and nutmeg palate apricot berries vanilla and light oak finish lingering spearmint light touch of cinnamon yeah so i was right all mine um well they said raspberries not cherries but well they said berries so I was right, as usual. Um, this bourbon tastes like a bourbon that is not supposed to be as good as it's supposed to be, as it is. Uh, this is this is a very, very good whiskey. I'm not going to lie. Um, I used to not really enjoy this, and then I remember sipping it one night, probably like a year and a half ago. And I was like, wow, this is really good. It might have been in a blind, or I might have forgotten what I poured, and I came back into the studio here because I... Kept the bottle on the table after I poured it and went into the living room. I was like, "What did I pour? Four rows of small batch select." And it was like, "Wow, this is great." So, this is right around sixty-five dollars a bottle. If I had to guess, like fifty-five, sixty-five bucks probably. Um, I will go out and get another bottle of this, and uh, I would like to have a bottle of Four Rows of Small Batch Select on my on my uh, whiskey shelf for the foreseeable future. I w- I want to have this out there and uh, or or available to me, and I think that. In the price point of fifty five to sixty five dollars, mm, and I think it's actually fair because there are those like nice oak s- notes in this. That's like a lot of the times, like n- really, really high quality whiskeys have a very tangible oak note. That's what I've always noticed. I remember that with Pappy twenty three. Yes, it's twenty three years old, so it's going to have a lot of oak. But I remember that with like a barrel bourbon that was supposed to be really good. I remember. That with a old Carter that I had, or yeah, it was an old Carter, um, and all these bourbons that are supposed to be really, really, really high quality, like the expensive ones, always have a very forward, tangible oak note to it, and this has that. And the rye spice just mingles right in there beautifully. This is a real. This is really good. Uh, I'm gonna give this a. Uh, I wish it wasn't sixty five bucks, because I don't know how much better this is than Rare Breed. Um, I think I'm gonna give this like an eight point nine. Like it's 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 very it's on the cusp of being must have, but there are other bourbons that are a bit less expensive that you can drink instead of this. But I would recommend this 10 times out of 10, and I do think it's very good. But like 8.9, I would say like right on the cusp of like got to have it, like go out and search for it rather than a 9 or above where it's it's like an 8.9. It's like if you see this for 65 bucks, buy it. But just know that there are a few other whiskeys out there that are probably a little bit better than this for a little bit better of a price. And uh, But this is 100% worth it. I will say that all right, we're about an hour into this so let's 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 cut this off people um I gotta go edit this and and release it for uh midnight tonight but uh hey listen, I appreciate you guys listening. I appreciate you guys joining me this week. I had a lot of fun recording this um this was a, one of the more fun episodes that I've had recording and it might be because it's late at night and I'm tired but um this was a uh this was a fun one I enjoyed it, so I hope you guys did as well um let me know. Uh, you know, if you enjoy the show, reach out to me on Instagram um, at Who Gives a Dram. Also on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Who Gives a Dram. Follow me on TikTok. I'm like 100 followers or 150 followers away from a thousand. So go follow me on there. Get me to there. Um, I post TikToks like a few times a week. Probably. Um, I'm on Instagram almost every day. I'm on Facebook a few times a week, and I'm just, I tweet. I try to tweet every day, but sometimes it doesn't happen. But uh, go follow me on there. I think I only have like 85 t- Twitter followers, so go over there and follow me there because I do like using Twitter and interacting with people and getting into arguments. It's the only place I like to get into arguments is on Twitter because it's fun, and it's usually over movies or MMA, which I like. Um, make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, YouTube. If you're listening or watching on YouTube, please make sure you're subscribed there. Um, Hit the bell notification so you always are notified when my videos arrive, and it's usually once a week between Monday and Wednesday, it's typically when I release this thing, um, so go do that for me, that would be awesome, and, uh, also, um, leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, um, uh, because it helps me with the algorithm, and it helps me, you know, get in front of more people, and the more people I'm in front of, the bigger this thing gets, and the bigger this thing gets, the more money I can have coming into it, and the more money I have coming into it, um, I can, like, travel and do this shit uh get who gives a dram on the road you know go to someone's house and interview them you know instead of doing it on zoom i I, zoom is great but it's like at the end of the day like zoom kind of sucks too but anyways uh let's end this here it's where now we're in i appreciate you guys very uh very much thank you for uh for tuning into episode 111 I am very lucky that I have this podcast and I love doing it. So, um, till next week, you guys, always remember whiskey is the water of life. So, let's start living.